Hi, my name is Natalie Ledwell and this is The Inspiration Show. Today we're going to be talking about what we go through and how we grieve and how we move through the process of losing a close girlfriend. Um, you know, well, I was just talk was talking to my special guest, Dr. Sharon Livingston. How are you, Dr. Sharon? <laughs> and we were just talking about how, um, you know, how losing a close girlfriend can be as devastating and as heartbreaking as, as losing a, a spouse or a lover. Um, so I'm really looking forward to getting into this conversation today because I know how important my girlfriends are to me, um, and uh, and you know, and it's awful when when you know you, you lose a relationship like that. But before we get into that, why don't we talk a little bit about your background and your story and how you got into doing this kind of work? Uh, so I'm an interviewer. That's what I do. I kind of do what you do in a sense, Natalie. And I started when I was three. Uh, because I learned how to get my mother to talk to me. She would come home to do the ironing from work, and that was the only access I had to her. Everybody else was much older, and I go, uh, I would I would ask her about, well, what was I like when I was a baby? I mean, it's only three, and she would give me this really short, cropped answer. But if I said, what were you like when you were a baby, Mommy? And then she would tell me the whole story. So I've literally interviewed 62,000 people. But who's counting? <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's fantastic. So, yeah. um, so I know that uh, the book that we're talking about here is a uh, Get Lost Girlfriend, um, yeah. and that you've got the website as well. So, uh, what got you interested in this specific subject? So, you know, I've been very, I, you know, I've, I've had very close friends. I've been married for twenty nine year, twenty eight years, um, and. I didn't. Have, I'm very busy. I'm very, very busy. My husband and I moved to New Hampshire. I didn't have uh, really time to develop a girlfriend. I had a husband and puppies and a very busy life. And this woman came into my life, and we had this like woof, instant connection. And you know, I, I have a PhD in psychology. I help people with relationships, and there was this instant connection. And she was coming to see someone in my office who had an office upstairs, uh, and I met her at the door, and it was this woof. It's like time stopped, that kind of thing, and like we knew each other, right? Mm. And then time went on, uh, and I kept running into her, and finally, after a couple of years, we were in a woman's workshop to weekend together. It was a really, really fun kind of thing. I was doing it just for... I'm usually leading rather than being a participant, and we hung out that whole weekend. We had such a great time, and uh, you know, we found out we had so many things in common, particularly our sense of humor. And we said, you know what? The universe is putting us together. Let's hang out. So we started hanging out, and then things started to go awry. And I was not following my intuition. My intuition said, okay, this was nice, but it's not really working. And so I put on my psychologist cap. I said, okay, I can handle this. I'll treat her, right? And so what happens in that is I kept putting myself away and putting myself away and putting myself away until finally she didn't like any of it, and she told me, I'm not interested. And this was like a couple of years later, and I was devastated. Like, how could she... How could you reject me? I'm, I'm nice. I'm funny. I'm warm. I'm caring. I would do anything for her. Anything. And, you know, my husband was going, oh, poor baby, and all that. But uh, it was awful. It was absolutely awful. It was devastating. And 
you know, I think in the past, if it had been a boyfriend, what I would have done is said, okay, I'm going to go find another boyfriend. But in this case, what I did was I started just being alone with myself. And I, it was, I went through the grief. The grief was horrible. Um, and then I started to say, hey, um, I know we had a lot of fun together. I mean, we, we, we would do really silly things. She came over to um, she came over to my house one time. We were going to make hummus because she was a really good cook, and I'm a terrible cook. And so she was teaching me how you have to roll a lemon. And we had this big lemon, and she goes to roll the lemon, and the freeing thing, it just popped open and had this, like, you know, giant maw just right there. And I took the lemon, and I, I made it talk, and I went, what were you thinking? <laughs> and we laughed so hard. I mean, so, so it was kind of like that. And then we both told the story on Facebook to everybody we knew about this, you know, talking poor lemon. And um, and so I, I wanted that humor. I wanted that connection. And I was so sad to miss it. Because most of my life is work. And to have that playtime with a person, I was willing to do anything. And as soon as you're willing to do anything, man, you're in trouble. You yeah. are in trouble. It's just wrong. And I don't care if it's with work, with it's, if it's with a spouse, if it's with a friend. And when it's a, you know, a, a female to female, it's like you take a piece of your heart and you put it in theirs. And you have to reclaim it. It's like you have to retrieve your soul, right? You know, people talk about soul retrieval. And, um, so what I did was I allowed myself to express. And sometimes, oh my God, sometimes I was a big baby. And I would go into the car and I would cry and I would talk into my iPhone and um, I would pretend I was actually telling her what I was thinking and feeling, but I, you know, I was just talking to myself. And I would look in the mirror and I'd really look. I'd look into the mirror. And sometimes it was like looking through a haze because I was looking through the filter of another human being. And then it started to clear, and I'd say, okay, okay, Shara, what are we going to do today? What are we going to do? This is a day you would have spent some time with Jill. But what can you and I do together? Let's do it together. So I went for drives, and I started, you know, doing art by myself, you know, going to these little places where you could do art and, um, uh, I went for walks taking pictures of the foliage, and I just spent time with myself. And I love to drive. I absolutely love to drive. So I would do that. I would take my dog for a drive. Uh, and something started happening where I started feeling peaceful inside and like it was okay. Like allowing myself to grieve and that it was okay. And, and when people told me to get over it, to avoid listening to that, to let myself feel whatever I was feeling, and then to take myself by the hand and, and go play. So I went to play with me. And by the time I got through that, and, you know, and I wrote a lot, I journaled, um, I felt like, you know what, if I don't have a best friend, that's okay. I'm my own best friend. And I can take me and do things that I like to do. Um, and I never thought I'd ever feel that. I never thought I'd feel that. I always 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a heavy-duty E, I'm an extrovert, and I need people. I really need people, but I got me as my people. Mm. And what happened after that, something really crazy happened. All of a sudden, all these people were coming out of the woodwork wanting to be my best friend. And if I ever, you know, anybody reads my book, I have to be really, really careful because they want to be my best friend. So, um, so that, that was quite remarkable. And, um, you know, I did, I did become very friendly with someone who I love very dearly. And, but I have several friends now. I, there's no longer this whole best friend. Like, what does that mean anyway? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like seventh grade. Um, so now I have a bunch of best friends. And I didn't know that was going to happen. I wasn't working on myself so that would happen. I was working on myself so I could be my own best friend. And it's amazing how rich that is. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, I can contribute to the um, whole story because I, uh, I was in a, my 18 year marriage ended about two and a half years ago. And I didn't have any close girlfriends while I was married. You know, it was kind of like me and Glenn against the world and it was always just the two of us. And uh, um, and when we separated, uh, you know, I kind of needed a, a support circle around me. Yes. Um, but my, my coping mechanism when I was unhappy in my marriage was to close down emotionally and put up a facade like everything's okay so no one could really get close to me. So it wasn't until I started doing the work on myself and showing up as the person that women wanted to be friends with and actually showing up as a good friend um, that actually t I started to attract incredible relationships in my life. Um, and I have incredible girlfriends. I've never experienced female friendship like this in my entire life. But because I've changed, you know, and I'm open to it. Um, and I was saying to someone the other day, it, like for me, I have so much love and support and, and camaraderie and, and, and company in my life that it's kind of put me in a position where I'm not desperate to get into another relationship because I have everything that nurtures me around me with my girlfriends, you know, so um, so it puts me in a great position when I'm going out and looking for, you know, a love relationship because it's like I don't need it, you know, and I'll make sure that I'll make really good decisions moving forward because it's not something I'm desperate about. I love that and that's, that is so critical. What happens when uh, a relationship becomes toxic, whether it's a friendship or a love-sex relationship, is that we feel desperate. Mm. That desperation just really messes everything up. So I'm delighted for you. How wonderful that is. Yeah. So it sounds like Jill was a gift for you anyway. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, oh my God. You know, the, one of the things. So you and I both uh, know Jack Canfield. And when I told him this story, he remembered having a friend who dissed him when he was in his 20s and the way that it was really fascinating what happened with him I don't know if you know the story or not but um, he was having a, an energy worker combination of applied kinesiology and an energy worker a brilliant guy was working on him and he was going here and here and here and he said what happened when you were 24 and uh, because he was having problems in that vertebra and he remembered about, he had a black friend who became a black Muslim who said, I'm not allowed to be friends with you anymore. And he disappeared and he carried so much pain about it, even to that point. And so when he released it with, you know, with all the feelings that came with it, um, the pain he was carrying went away. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, uh, so what are the main takeaways, do you think, for women who 
um, you know, have female friendships and maybe, you know, how do we know that if, if it's, you know, on the outs, like, you know, what do we do? And, and if we do lose that friendship, you know, what are some things that we can do to help us move through that grief? Because it is, it's really strong grief. Oh my gosh. Well, one is to acknowledge that of course you're feeling grief. I mean, a woman-to-woman -woman connection like that, it's not based on looks and it's not based on, uh, you know, the love sex kind of things in a, a marriage where you can go, oh, okay, you're no longer attractive to me. Oh, well, maybe I understand that. This is based on a heart connection. This is heart-to-heart. -heart. It's woman-to-woman -woman essence of what it means to be really understood on a deep emotional level. And so, of course, you're going to grieve it. It's it's like the worst rejection of all times. It's even worse than a marriage rejection in that sense because it's rejecting your essence. And so, and believe me, I understand that a marriage rejection is horrible. But it's you know not only you're not pretty, but you're also your soul is not pretty anymore. It's like ah. So, the first thing is to acknowledge. That it hurts. It really hurts. Oh, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. um, and um, when people tell you to get over yourself, say thank you very much and recognize that these are not your peeps, right? Yeah. People have come up to me when I speak about this book. People come up to me and they tell me about this thing, and I said, "When did that happen?" And they'll say, 20 years ago." 30 years ago, 15 years ago, and they're holding it. They have not let it go. It's like having a boil. And really, really important, whether it's old or new, it doesn't matter, to acknowledge the pain and maybe set aside some time to journal about it, talk to someone about it, and allow the feelings to come up because as long as you keep them here, you're going to hold that person with you in a toxic way and you're never going to let it go. So number one is to acknowledge it really, really hurt and let it go. Because unless you acknowledge it, it's going to stay with you. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, uh, Dr. Sharon, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. It's um, This is such a great subject because, you know, I, I believe that, you know, as women, having these strong relationships and friendships in our life is so important. But um, but then also knowing how to navigate through if we lose one of them as well is, is, is equally as important. So if people want to reach out to you and connect with you, where can we send them to do that? Um, so they can go to getlostgirlfriend.com. And I've got also, I think, down in my lower third is where you can buy the book if you were interested. Um, and I know this is really risky to do, but if they wanted to call me and they wanted to talk about it, I might not get back in a day, but I would get back. 603-505-5000. That's my cell, and I promise I will get back. So. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thanks again for joining me today. So guys, I, thank you. Now, I encourage you to share this video. Please get the, the, the word out and share this message. You can do that by clicking the Facebook and the Twitter share buttons on this page. Um, and make sure you click on the banner to the side. It goes straight through to uh, Dr. Sharon's website. And make sure you leave your email so we can send you the Manifesting with a Master's video e-course, which is valued at $87, but we'll send it to you for free. So until next time, remember to live large, choose courageously, and love without limits. We'll see you soon.